Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Saved from death. Hi, I'm Jamie. Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. It's lovely that you're here. So today, I want to start and I want to talk about sin. Sin hurts us. It always hurts us. There's a story about a man who had parked his motorhome at a campsite near Newquay. One night, someone was trying to steal fuel from his motorhome. He put the hose in and sucked hard. At this point, the motorhome owner heard a noise and went outside to see a man throwing up. Turns out, the thief had put the hose in the waste tank instead of the fuel tank. Gross, right? He was drinking sewage. But this is a really good picture of sin. Sin is like drinking sewage. We think we're going to get away with it, but it always hurts us and always leaves a bad taste in our mouth. In Ephesians 2, God describes what sin does to us. I'm just going to read that to you. Here we go. It wasn't so long ago that you were made in the old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. What an accusation. Because of sin, we were spiritually dead, separated from the life of God, conformed to the world around us, influenced by the devil, given to self-centeredness and self-indulgence, and subject to God's holy wrath against sin. This is the gravity of the human condition when we live apart from Jesus. Clearly, we don't need a self-improvement plan a motivational seminar, a bit of religion, or to try a little harder. No, the disease, sin, is far too serious. We need God to intervene and rescue us by his grace. We need a saviour desperately. And that's exactly what God gave us. He sent a saviour who would die in our place, eradicate all our sin guilt, shame and death and give us eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's from Romans 6. What a saviour. But what's the cure? Well, the cure of sin starts with God's love. The entire spiritual life, all that God has done for you in Christ, starts with God's great love for you. This is the fresh spring and the display of the spiritual life. It does not start with me. It does not begin with my goodness, my cleverness, my devotion or my churchmanship. God's love for us, for you, is pure, strong and tender. Do you know his love? I don't mean do you know it mentally. I mean if you know it with your heart, do you feel loved by God? I really hope so. God doesn't love you because you are so lovable, but because he is so loving. 
He is outrageous in his love for you, relentless, uninhibited in his love for you. He is gracious, personal and emotional in his love for you. This is God's love for you. I want you to receive it, believe it, embrace it and enjoy it. In the gospel we discover we are far worse off than we thought, but far more loved than we could ever dream. In the coming ages, to human angelic beings throughout the cosmos, you will forever be an example of God's grace. Grace is God's lavish love to sinners. Grace is God's abundant forgiveness to the undeserving. Grace is God's outrageous mercy for the desperate. Grace is God's free gift to sinners. Grace is God's outlandish love to the rebels. And grace is God's forgiving tenderness to us. There's nothing like it. It's incomparable. The Bible begins with grace and ends with grace. Grace should be the message of our lips and the song of our hearts. We rest in grace, we revel in grace and we give glory in grace. It's the theme of the Bible. It was the song of Paul's heart. It is our only hope. In the book, What's So Amazing About Grace by Philip Yancey, he recounts an anecdote on grace. During a British conference on comparative religions, experts from around the world debated what, if any, belief was unique to the Christian faith. They began eliminating possibilities. Incarnation? Nope. Other religions have different versions of gods appearing in human form. Resurrection? Again, other religions had accounts of return from death. The debate went on for some time until C.S. Lewis wandered into the room and he says, what's this rumpus about? And heard him reply that his colleagues were discussing Christianity's unique contribution among world religions. And C.S. Lewis responded by saying this, oh, that's easy. What's unique is grace. After some discussion, the delegates had to agree. You see, the notion of God's love coming to us free of charge, no strings attached, seems to go against every instinct of humanity. The Buddhist Eightfold Path, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Jewish covenant and the Muslim code of law, each of these offer a way to earn approval. Only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional. If you've received God's free gift of life, then you are completely accepted. You are eternally forgiven and you are totally secure in God's love. That's grace. If you haven't, can I suggest you find someone to pray with you? Or you can just drop leadership at coachhousechurch.org a message and one of the fantastic team here will be more than happy to guide you in the best decision you will ever make. I want you to believe it, enjoy it and celebrate it. God's grace and love is the absolute best. Amen. Coach House Beacons The Coach House Church Daily Devotional 
find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.